Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us right Hmm. now, as promised, Brian Baldinger, 12-year NFL vet. He's going to be calling Chargers and Redskins for Westwood One. He's a former Brian Jones teammate. We love those guys. Brian, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? What's up, Gio? Brian, how you guys doing this morning, man? Great, great, my man. Yeah. How about you? I'm doing good, man. I'm, uh, you know, doing the old airport thing here this morning, man, just trying to get through this disaster. That- <laughs> it always is. They ever give you crap for your really messed up finger? Do they, like, see if it's real or, like, you're hiding it's something in there? It's a special security screening. So, <laughs> I I can handle it, but the people that I that I hold up in line, they can't handle it. You tweet out spectacular videos on your Twitter account. Is it at Baldy NFL? Is that the Twitter account? Yeah, at Baldy NFL. At, hashtag uh, Baldy Breakdowns, man. Yeah, Baldy Breakdowns. And what Brian does is innovative, and I think he's the yeah. best at it where he posts small, very digestible clips of stuff that's going on in games and film breakdown. And you posted something that was very interesting to me about the Giants the day that McAdoo and Reese were fired, about how unimaginative their offense was. So take me through some of that and how bad things really got offensively for the Giants this season. Well, I mean, you know, they bench the iconic Eli Manning for Geno Smith. For whatever reason, I don't know. But the offense didn't change at all. I mean, on third and eight, they're still running curl flat for a yard. They're running bootleg to Khalil Mack like he hadn't seen a bootleg before. It means he's unblocked. And he's chasing Geno Smith. And they got a one-receiver route who's stepped out of bounds. You know, I mean, he's not even an eligible receiver. There's no place for Geno to throw the ball except throw it away and try to avoid another collision with Khalil Mack. I mean, you just go through the whole offense. You just go, what are they trying to do? I mean, you're going to put Chad Wheeler out there. You know, he lines up in his first start against Ryan Kerrigan, who's the Redskins' best defensive player, with no help. And you wonder why Eli Manning's getting sacked. They put him up against Khalil Mack with no help. I mean, there's got to be some – you've got to recognize the other side of the ball and who the great players are and what you have when you put this game plan together and when you line up for any given play. And it, I don't know. I mean, I know Mike Sullivan and Ben McAdoo are, you know, trying to win games, but you got to try to win the play first before you try to win the game. And you got to think about all the details every single play. Well, Baldy, you know as well as I do, there are different rules for different players. When you have an iconic player, superstar like an Eli Manning, do you think he was treated fairly? No. No. I mean, there's no re- I mean, the, the team around him is not very good. And, the offense wasn't fitting what he was doing. And so you're going to bench a guy that's lined up for 210 straight games in a row that has represented your organization as well as anybody that's ever worn the NY inside their helmet, and you're going to bench him for Geno Smith, who we've watched in, across the river in New York for, you know, 30-something games. And you know the guy doesn't have pocket awareness. You know what he is. What are you doing? Like, what is that all about? 
Well, I think what it was about was the fact that the season was going nowhere and the owner said, I want to take a look at some of these younger quarterbacks to see what I have. So when we head into the draft and we're going to be at the top of the draft because we suck, I have to decide if we're going to pick a quarterback with our first overall pick. They went to Eli Manning, told him that at some point they were going to sit him down in a game to look at the other quarterbacks. And he said, no, I feel like that's cheap. And then he made the decision not to start. So, And then Ben McAdoo has got just no awareness how to handle anything. And that's how the whole thing blew up in their face. But I still think they should be looking at younger quarterbacks. And quite honestly, if you're going to end up doing this plan and you're still not looking at Davis Webb, then what the hell is the point of it? I had no problem with them looking at Geno for one game. The guy's not 38 years old. But where's Davis Webb in this scenario? Well, I understand the dialogue. I listen to it all. And you're right. I mean, if you want to look at Davis Webb, fine. Look at Davis Webb. But what is going to Geno Smith all about with a bad team around him? I mean, what is what are you going to learn about Geno Smith that you don't already know? I mean... But what's the point of even having Eli Manning? I mean, what are you going to learn about Eli Manning you don't already know, he, too? I mean, I, I, to me, that wasn't the bigger deal. The bigger deal is how it was handled. Uh, and at this point, now they're going back to Eli Manning to appease the fans, and I think they're painting themselves in a corner because the thing that they wanted to accomplish, now they can't accomplish. Well, look, if you wanted to very at the very beginning say, it's time to take a look at Davis Webb, I, I can understand that. That has happened to great quarterbacks and guys that are legends in the organizations before. But not Geno Smith. You can't you can't sell me on Geno Smith. You can sell a fan base on Geno Smith. Uh, you know, as the reason why you're going to sit down your, you know, your iconic quarterback. But if you want to look at Davis Webb, I understand all of that. But you know, what is Davis Webb going to learn? How are you going to evaluate him with that team that he has out there right now? I mean, I think at this point you're just trying to win games and try to salvage the season. Uh, you're not going to learn anything about Davis Webb with that protection and with that talent outside right now. Well, let's talk about uh, the Seahawks and the Jaguars. You did a breakdown of, on Bobby Wagner, and you essentially say if you're going to run the ball, Jaguars, which they really want to do, Leonard Fournette and, and Yeldon there, you, you've got to block Bobby Wagner. What did you see from the Seahawks defense versus the Eagles the other night? Well, I thought that, you know, they, they obviously, you know, made, made plays. I mean, you know, Sheldon Richardson getting the ball out of, uh, Carson Wentz's hands at the goal line, you know, saved the touchdown right there. Uh, you know, Shaquille Griffin forcing Alshon Jeffrey to hold him at the, you know, at the one yard line, preventing Garrett Blunt from going into the end zone. Um, you know, when you looked at how they defended the run, I mean, they had a hard time getting to Bobby Wagner. I mean, he led the team in tackles at 13 tackles. He got to the quarterback. He quarterback hits. I mean, tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, he was almost unblockable. He's a slippery guy. He's, he's very uh, crafty and how he reads blocking schemes and what he thinks is coming out of him. I think, you know, in all of Seattle's run over the last six years, we could talk about the Legion of Boom. We could talk about the pressure and the defensive line. I think we always overlook Bobby Wagner. He's had 100-plus tackles for six straight years in a row. Leads him again this year. He played all 75 snaps the other night. He never comes off the field. I mean, I think we kind of overlook Bobby Wagner a great deal in this whole process. Gio and Jones with Brian Baldinger across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Why or why not uh, Case Keenum is basically the question. Is he going to be able to continue this at this high level and get to a Super Bowl, maybe win a Super Bowl, or do you see some things happening with him where regression is near because everybody assumes it's going to happen because he's Case Keenum and hasn't had success like this in the NFL until now? I don't see anything. I don't see any signs that he can't do it. I mean, he's just put up four straight games 
of a 100-plus quarterback rating. Um, you know, you, Drew Brees couldn't do that last night, um, you know, against the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Uh, they stopped me because I'm in the exit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, don't uh, shake your it. head. You have to no, acknowledge that you will help. <laughs> I, look, I love Case Keenum. I mean, you know, Pat Shermer's doing a good job with him right now. They lost their best offensive player, Dalvin Cook, early in the season. Latavius Murphy has played well. But, I mean, if you look at, you know, what they're doing right now with, uh, you know, with Kyle Rudolph, with Adam Thielen, I mean, they have just enough pieces right now. And defensively, I mean, you know, they're airtight. I, I, there's no reason to think that Case Keenum, I, you know, look, when you get to the playoffs, it's a whole different level. We understand all of that. But what are they, what's their option? There is no other option at this point. You ride Case Keenum right now. He's won eight in a row. Uh, he feels good about it. The team loves him. Um, you know, he's been a gunslinger from his days at Houston and really go all the way back to Stephenville High School. I mean, he's got a good team around him right now. And I don't see him making the mistakes that's going to screw this thing up right now. Now, when he gets to playoffs, it's going to be a tough NFC battle, maybe the toughest that we've seen in a long, long time. So he'll get tested for sure. But right now, you ride the hot hand. Are you on the plane currently? Uh, I'm getting there. Oh, okay. I thought you were yeah. saying yes to the exit row thing. <laughs> I thought that that's what oh, that's you were. What I thought you said as well. Yeah, if you're sitting on the plane, because I'm just picturing you talking about Case Keenum in your seat on the plane. Oh, they're all looking. It's okay. Yeah, I was gonna they're say, just, what, is, what, is, what, is, what are people thinking? <laughs> like, what is that? I'd be, I'd be totally like freaked out by that. Like, why are you <laughs> so is intense? Is Look, if I say anything good about another team, they're all Eagle fans here. They're all going out to Los Angeles to see their Eagles against the Rams this weekend. I'm on this plane going to Los Angeles. So, I mean, they're all looking at me like, when are you going to get to the Eagles talk here? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's talk about the Eagles, man. Uh, What do they need to do to get that bad taste out of their mouth, take it on the Rams? I think they've got to get back to being aggressive, Brian. I mean, you know, they weren't aggressive against Seattle. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I mean, Carson Wentz, he's got a big arm. He's an accurate deep throw. He's proven that throughout the season. I don't think they ever really tested, you know, uh, how you doing? <laughs> I don't think they ever really touched the secondary in that game. You know, and I think that's what they got to do against them because the Rams are going to take their shots against them. You know, and so you know that's that's what they've got to you know defend. And I think the other part is to get the bad taste out of the mouth. I mean, if you want to stop the Los Angeles Rams, then you stop them by stopping Todd Gurley. That's what the Minnesota Vikings did. They shut and they held them to the fewest yards they ran for all year. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Eagles challenges on Sunday. I know you're calling the Chargers-Redskins game. The Chargers right now look like the best team in that AFC West. Do you expect them to end up winning that division? I do. I, you know, I think that when you look at the way Phillip Rivers is playing right now and the, the, the options that he has to throw to, he's got a lot of good choices. And then if you look at the way Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and what they're doing defensively right now, I mean, they're a good football team and they're playing good football. And I expect that to continue. I I don't know that Kansas City can get themselves out of the tailspin. You can bench, uh, you know, Marcus Peters right now because, you know, he just is not playing the way you have to play as a team player. You know, he's not playing like that. You could do those kind of things. I don't think that they can get themselves out of this right now. Uh, the Chargers are a better football team, and they're proving it week in, week out right now. Brian, thanks for the time, as always. We'll be following you on Twitter, <laughs> at Baldy NFL, and have a safe trip out there. Okay, you got it, man. See you, Thanks, Brian. buddy.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 